Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf, and I have a lot of topics to cover this morning, but first and foremost, yes, today marks the 25th anniversary of my doing the Sports Edge here on WFAN Sports Radio. Yeah, 25 years. Started back in February of 1998. Yeah, last century. <laughs> but during the course of today's show, I'm going to do my best to to recall and share with you some of the more poignant, uh, more powerful moments from the Sports Edge over the years. And let me start by, first of all, thanking all of you who sent me wonderful congratulatory notes uh, in the last week, uh, either via tweets or email. It's, it's well, I got to tell you, it's really quite touching and meaningful to me that so many of you enjoy what we do on the show every Sunday morning. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis, you know that this is not a simple program devoted to to just about kids and sports, hardly. This hour program has always been focused on trying to pinpoint and debate the the key and critically important issues of being a sports parent or a coach or an educator or an official in this day and age of, well, let's be honest, very much ever-changing pressures that we place on kids who play sports. Now, for example, just consider last week's show when we talked about the, the confluence, the coming together of sports parents who somehow feel entitled, and that's the word, they feel entitled to act and to shout whatever they want at their kids' games, and how that kind of obnoxious behavior has led to a major drop in the number of game officials who are available to work high school games, and how each state in the nation... All 50 states have to, have to go back and add, really add real punishments to their laws in order to serve as a deterrent to those out-of-control sports parents and fans. And I want to continue that conversation this morning because we got to a lot, of, a lot of interesting perspectives on this. But the truth is, and maybe the fact that it's the 25th anniversary of the show, the timing is perfect. But the truth is, unless we as adults... Do something proactive now. The problem of entitlement is only going to get worse. And ultimately, it's our kids who are going to suffer from the antics of -of out-of-control parents at our youth and amateur games. 
I mean, come on now. What, what in the world is wrong with us? And I'm being very serious here. As a nation, as sports parents, are, are we just losing our minds? Do we somehow feel that when we go to watch a kid's game, that somehow we have a, a right or some sort of privilege to do stupid things? And more importantly, how are we going to put an end to this? Because we have to. It's really at the point it's just become totally out of control. 877-337-6666. That, of course, is our number. Right now, yes, we have been talking about adding tougher punishments to our current laws to basically crack down on, on these out-of-control sports parents. This is, by the way, the legislative stuff. This process is now happening both not only in New Jersey but also in Connecticut. I'm also hoping that it will begin to start to happen in New York State as well. But, you know, the time is now. We can't wait any longer. And speaking, when I say of, of bizarre moments in youth sports, there were two items that caught my eye this week. And they are sadly typical of where we are these days. First one was an incident that took place in a very small town way north in in northern Vermont, near the Canadian border. It took place at a boys' middle school basketball game. And a brawl erupted in the stands during the game. And it ended with the death of a 60-year-old man who was at the game. The details are still very sketchy, but there is some video, and it shows that a melee, which started in the stands, spilled out during the game, spilled out onto the floor. The video shows active punches being thrown all around. The middle school players, the basketball players, and this is middle school we're talking about here, 7th, 8th graders, they were not involved in the fight, and they just basically scattered and watched from the sidelines. But in the end, the 60-year-old man was injured. He refused medical help in the gym, and he decided to apparently to drive home from the game. But along the way, he stopped and had to be taken to the hospital where he succumbed and died. Nor is there any explanation as to why the fight started. Now again, this is rural Vermont, and it was a middle school boys basketball game. But none of this is acceptable in any way, and for a spectator to die... Come on, what, what, this, this is nuts. This is crazy. Now, again, from the write-ups and videos that I've seen, all the Vermont authorities have said all the right things, that, um, that going to a kid's game is a privilege, it's not a right, that we need to, once again, strongly educate our sports parents and spectators on how to behave, that uh, if they misbehave, they will be banned uh, for the rest of the season. But as we discussed last week, we really do need to add more heft into our state laws. Because nobody goes to a school basketball game with the worry or thought that they might end up losing their life. Now, was there security at the game? Good question. I don't know. Again, this is, this is what we've come to. I mean, this is so bizarre and so foreign to how sports parenting was 25 years ago. That it's just we have to sort of figure this out. We got we got to get to the point where we know that this we're on the right path because we don't do anything. And sadly, I worry that we're going to see more and more of these kind of situations begin to take place. By the way, I mentioned another bizarre situation. It has nothing to do with sports parenting, 
but it has something to do very close with, again, coaching and how we seem to have lost perspective. There have been numerous reports that at a girls' junior varsity basketball game in Virginia last week, for some unknown and inexplicable reason, and again, I'm not making this up, one of the assistant coaches for Churchland High School decided to literally suit up and replace one of the girls on her team. That girl who was missing that night was actually not was playing uh, for her club team in a tournament. In any event, this assistant coach, who was 22 years old, 22, I mean, she obviously was graduated, she's gone through, you know, high school and, and through college. In any event, she played in a game for Churchland High School as though this was somehow okay and acceptable. That is, that a school's coach can play in a, in a high school game. And again, there's video, and the video is very clear uh, that this coach played in the game, took some shots, and so on and so forth. In any event, once the word got out, the administration at Churchland High School took immediate action and not only fired the assistant coach, but also the head coach of the team as well, who obviously must have allowed this to happen. School district also canceled the, canceled the rest of the, the, the girls' basketball season, also notified their opponents. Of course, what were these two JV coaches thinking? I mean, was this fair to the kids on their team? Was it fair to the opposing school? Was it fair to anyone involved in this? I mean, I got to tell you, I don't think in my 25 years doing the Sports Edge, I have ever heard of a coach putting him or herself into the actual game. Okay, I, I, this stuff is very alarming to me. And I know you can say, well, Rick, you know, you're, you're an old guy and so on and so forth. This is how it is in the world of sports today. No, 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 that's not right. This is, this is totally wrong, and, and it's just, it just spills over, and it, it basically ruins the experience, the wonders of sport for so many people. And I, I want to go back and have that. So when kids do play sports today, they come away with really good experiences and positive thoughts and so on and so forth. And again, I, I want to talk about these incidents this morning, why the time has come to finally set up some real and strong guidelines for parents, coaches, spectators to understand what we want for our kids' games. And again, we, last week we talked about adding more punishments and tougher laws and putting some real beef into these punishments, maybe jail time and so on and so forth. But I do think we're at a juncture now. I do think we need much stronger warnings. Uh, first of all, let the fans at the games know that every game is, on, is being taped. It's on video so that any out-of-control person at the game can be easily identified. I mean, you got to, by the way, sports parents, you got to teach and reinforce to your kids uh, all the time that everything these days, everything is being videotaped. That's just the way it is in our society. Everything is on tape. There's security cameras everywhere. If you walk around, do something, you're going to be caught on videotape. Simple as that. And of course, everybody has cell phone cameras and cell phone video. So kids are well trained to just whip out their cell phone and take photos and cameras of like, like I saw the, of the melee up in Vermont. So if you do something stupid as a parent, chances are it's being recorded for posterity. Also, we talked last week about having police officers uh, being hired to be in attendance at each you know, game. Uh, you know, I, I know, Pierre, we like to think that we have a very forgiving society and that, you know, a parent is out of control, that somebody goes over and basically uh, gives them a warning. Uh, 
to calm down. I think we're beyond that. There's no reason to give a, a warning or a second chance. That is, if you if you're out of control and you're a grown up, a fully you know a full adult, and you're out of control of your kid's game, the police officer or whoever the security officer is just takes you and escorts you out of the uh, out of the gym or out of the field or whatever it might be, and you're now you've crossed the line. What didn't you understand? What didn't you understand? Oh, I didn't know I could say, uh, I could scream and yell threats at the refs. I couldn't scream and yell profanity at the, at the coaches. No. If you don't get that, you don't have any right, any privilege to be at that game. And quite frankly, you should be banned for the rest of the season. And yes, if you really are out of control, you should be arrested and looking at jail time. I really do sense that every school district in every state in this nation needs to institute a kind of total, for lack of a better word, a reset for all their sporting events. That the parents really need to be educated at the start of each sports season as to what is expected of them, and that the punishments really need to have, they're going to be harsh. Because that's where we are these days, friends. It's not going to get better until somebody steps up and say, okay, let's try to figure this out. We talked last week about it's nice to have banners, nice to have, you know, posters and stuff <coughs> saying all this stuff. No, we got to reset all this and try to think where we go from here. So I want to talk about that. We'll talk, of course, about 25 years of the Sports Edge, how the show got started, what we talked about, and so on and so forth. And, of course, I want to hear from you as well. Take your calls. You know the number, 877-337-6666. When I return, we'll continue along the way. Stay with me. Back here on the Sports Edge, and we're talking today this 25th anniversary of the show. And, uh, yes, thank you to all who have listened and have uh, made such wonderful contributions over the years. And, uh, yeah, we're talking about what we're going to do to basically get sports parents, spectators, fans to understand they got to behave. It's, again, going to a kid's game, it's just not a free-for-all. It, it, it's not a, again, it's not a right. It's a privilege, and that privilege can be taken away if you misbehave. All right, let's get some calls as promised. Let's- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So to our friend Ed Ward over in, uh, in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. Good to hear from you, my friend. Rick, I want to say congratulations and give me the opportunity many years of uh, answering. You answer my phone calls on, what, on my opinions on certain topics. Yeah. The reason why this show has lasted a long time, Rick, is because of you. You're such a professional on a show and uh, letting people say what they have to say in a positive manner. And this show wouldn't be 25 years without you. But you know what? You got now, now you got Zoo as the music director, so that really makes the show even better. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the secret ingredient is having uh, Ed Arzuman, the Zoo Man, working as the DJ on this show because, yeah, he makes things. He's, he the, just... he's the best. He is terrific, no question about it. Ed, uh, go ahead. What I want to bring up real quick is I was at a high school game a week and a half ago between Elizabeth and Linden, which is one of the most intense rivalries in the state of New Jersey. Now they have an AD there, Mike Firestone, who was only on a job one month. So I'm at the game, watching the game, and each school had like six people from security there. Uh, the Linda Police Department, there was like maybe three three or four of them there. Yep. I want to tell you what, uh, for an intense rivalry, and not only that, they had three outstanding officials who do college basketball, too, on the game. So it was an odd night, no college. Yet. But I want to commend Mike Firestone, how he handled the whole situation in this first month. Uh, they had people in certain areas of the gymnasium covering the area. Uh, yeah, there were some people that, you know, were, were making, you know, verbalizing maybe, you know, the calls or whatever. But the minute, like, the crowd, if one of the security went up today, that's enough, it stopped. And it was it was such a well-played basketball game. Then after the game, like, 10 minutes after the game, Mike Firestone gets on the um, microphone and says, folks, we got it's time to leave now to you students. Go home and study and be ready for school tomorrow. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> I, I wanted to conf- commend Michael Firestone. We're doing an outstanding job in his first month at AD at Linden High School. He kept everything under control. Well, Ed, I'm glad you called in, and uh, thank you for that salute to Mike Firestone. And, and I, I, you know, that's how it's supposed to be. Look, we do want our kids to enjoy. Ed, thank you for the call. We do want our kids to enjoy high school rivalries. That's part of the fabric. That's part of the culture we want our kids to get to experience. But we also, and again, I do not know Mike Firestone, but it sounds like he said, I'm not, I'm not going to fool around here. I'm going to set the tone. He was very uh, forward about how he's going to make sure there's, there's security officers there. Uh, people can, you know, obviously have a good time at the game. But then he said, look, let's go back. Our kids have to go study and so on and so forth. That's how it's supposed to be. We have to be, and I think this is what I mentioned before, uh, before the break, we have to sort of be a little more proactive now and get more people to maybe work, take that, uh, get that microphone before the game or at halftime or after the game to let the parents know we're not kidding around here as to what we want in terms of a positive experience, not just for the, the kids who are playing, but for everybody involved. It's as simple as that, and I think that's that's the right way to go on this. Let's continue with our calls. Let's go to... Um, Let's go to uh, Jeff in uh, Garden City. Jeff, good morning. You're next up on the fan. 
Good morning, and congratulations. You're going to get that for every single caller. <laughs> I 25 so. years. Yeah, I can't think of the last thing I did for 25 straight <laughs> years, but you get to love what you do, and, and I appreciate it. I was on the call last week. Yes, yes, uh, I recall. I was yes. on the call. Yeah, and, and you know, I started thinking about it, and then I saw the two incidents, the the player who came in for you know the substitute the coach, and then I saw the melee in Vermont, and I thought, boy, is this going to be a great week. Number one, you know, just saying, I think these parents, I'm assuming that everybody has to sign paperwork like anything else, a contract. You know, you're enrolling your kid in, 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 in the sport, and there should be, you know, literally language in there saying, if you create this, if you do this, if you do this, you're signing your name to it. And yes. you have, that's number one out of the gate before you have all the rules and regulations. And I just think, you know, my son played, uh, high school uh, basketball uh, here in New York. And he also was in the theater department. And it's interesting. Parents go to the theater. They're not yelling at the stage, you know, yelling at the stage. Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> proud to see their kids, but you don't hear any expletives if they're putting on a show, whatever Broadway show they're putting on or whatever thing like that. This is, you know, there are so many other events in a child's life in school that you participate in. And this seems to be the only one, either the parents are frustrated athletes. Maybe they have never seen or played in a game, but jokingly, I thought, you know what? Here's the, here's the serious matter. If you even eject a parent or eject someone who is creating the biggest fear I have the, the, on the news shows, uh, when they show the clip of uh, kids playing football or basketball, all of a sudden they hear shots ring out. If there's an active shooter thing going on. My fear is that, if you bring someone else out and you dare decide to come back with a handgun or threaten everybody, that's the next step for so many. And we, we just look at this. And we don't realize that, that that's just the beginning when you have this yeah, angry Jeff, parent. But I hear lastly, you. I'll make yeah, well, go ahead, last go ahead, point. Go ahead, Jeff, last I'll, point. I want to respond to what you just said there. So Okay, I'll let you respond, and then I'll make one last point. Go ahead. Well, the concern is that, yes, that is always a fear, that if you, if you basically – escort a, an angry parent out of a, let's say, a basketball game, a high school basketball game, that they may go and get a gun or something out of the car and come back. Yes, we know that. That's why we're trying to say we got to start to really do a reset and fully educate all the parents, all the attendees, you know, over and over and over again. So there's no misunderstanding that we're trying to prevent these kind of situations. Yes, Correct. and you mentioned about the fact that, you know, a lot of schools, and this is pretty routine these days, at the start of the season, the parents sign a contract, a one-pager saying that we'll promise to behave and so on and so forth. But nobody right. pays attention to them. They just, they just, they just paperwork. This. Well, here's, here's, so, here's my silly way of thinking, you know, put people in the situation that we want to avoid. I yes. know this is going to sound crazy, but here you go. Every parent who signs their child up must play in a basketball game coached by that coach and let their kids sit in the stands and yell out expletives <laughs> and start screaming. And then maybe if you put these parents yeah. who probably have never thrown a basketball or a football or anything, make them play the game and make them do it under harassing situations. I'm not saying it's just my fantasy because if well, they engage and see what it's like, go ahead. I know you're going to comment. Yeah, let me on my let me stop comment. you there. But uh, it's interesting thought, interesting fantasy, and that's what it is. I got to take some more calls, but Jeff, thank you for your comments this morning. Appreciate it greatly. Uh, let's let's move on. Let's go to uh, over to uh, Lee in Caldwell. Lee, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. How are you today? Good, Lee. Congratulations. What's up? Thank you. 
So there's a million things that we can talk about, but I want to just say that I coached uh, a high-level club baseball team for 15 years. Okay. Our, org- our organization had teams from 8U to 15U, and we did have contracts with the parents that set their expectations for behavior. And there were scenarios in which I did remove players from my team over the years because of the behavior of the parents. Yep. So I think the number one thing for these coaches and organizations and for the safety of the leagues is that the parents have to understand uh, what the consequences are for their behavior. And it was always the parents who caused the problems, not the kids who just wanted to play baseball without being embarrassed by their parents. Lee, let, me, so, let, me, let me stop you there, and I'm glad you made that point, and thank you for your, your call this morning. Yes, the thing that sort of over people forget about this is we're focusing on the behavior of the grown-ups, the adults. But the kids become the innocent victims. Even worse, they're the ones who see the, these melees and brawls and so on and so forth. Or they hear the, the profanities that come out of the, the mouths of, of, the, of the grown-ups at the stands. It's the kids we're trying to protect here. The kids we're trying to do our, what we can to make sure they have a pleasant, enjoyable, and memorable uh, sports experience. There's no need for any of these parents to be doing this stuff. And yet the kid, so, you know, when Lee says running his, 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 his baseball program, you know, he, he removed, he moved uh, kids for, uh, from his team, not because the kids were doing it wrong, because the parents were out of control. And that's, that has to stop. That's just flat out wrong. I mean, I, I just, I, I, anyhow, oh, look, I promised a little history of the sports edge. Let me just tell you very quickly for those who are interested, the show really sort of came about when I was chatting one day uh, back in the late 1990s with Mark Chernoff about how the world of sports parenting was changing and changing rapidly. Now, being a sports dad himself, uh, Mark gave my show a chance, and it's, of course, been on the air ever since. In those days, I was actually writing columns on sports parenting issues for Sports Illustrated. I did that I did hundreds of columns for them for a decade, and those columns were, well, they were well-received around the country. Again, this was before the days of the Internet, and so every month or so, I would go over to the uh, Sports Illustrated offices in Midtown, and they would give me bags of mail from readers from all over the country who were looking for answers regarding sports parenting issues. Um, anyhow, my, my, first, my very first guest on the Sports Edge was Phil Sims. But instead of talking about the NFL and his great years with the Giants, Phil and I talked about his experiences as a sports parent himself and how he approached that, that vitally important role in his life. Now, anyhow, since then, as the show has grown in popularity, it was clear the, the sports edge was beginning to fill a need for a lot of sports fans. In fact, you know, I'll be honest with you, many of the callers, people I don't know, but over the years they turned into really good friends all because of our shared passion for youth sports and the direction that youth sports was heading in. I'm talking about people who you heard on my show many, many times over the years, attorney Steve Callis, uh, law professor Doug Abrams, uh, running coach Joel Pasternak, Jack Smithlin, Rob Freed, Don from Gamblers Anonymous, and, and i got to tell you, there were countless others. The fact is, those people have become friends just because of the Sports Edge, and, and I obviously I, I cherish their, their thoughts and comments. Um, and, you know, people ask me all the time, Rick, wh- where, do you, where do you find your ideas for shows each week? Well, the answer is that that's easy. I just, like everybody else, I follow the news and read newspapers and follow what's happening in the world of sports. 
simple as that. All right, let's let's get back to some callers. Speaking of, of people who have who have joined part of the Sports Edge fraternity, let's go to um, let's go to Jack Smithlin over in Farallon. Jack, good morning. You're next up on on the fan. Uh, how are you, Rick? And, and and thank you for that. Um, you know, before I before I get to talk a little bit about the stories, and all the stories are great. What the show has done for me over the years, and I and to tell you the truth, we only met. You know, about four years ago, when I finally had the nerve to call in on a topic, and the topic, I think, was the athletic directors not supporting their coaches anymore. They'd rather just get rid of them than fight parents. Mm -hmm. That was a great topic. Mm -hmm. And all your topics are just unbelievable. But the lessons that your show has taught, it taught me, um, <clears throat> has been unbelievable. And, you know, I, I started listening seriously. About 2000, 1999, when my, when my older son had just left for Penn State. And, you know, I was, and it was by accident. And every week, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm being honest with you, even weeks, even all those years that I have not called, I listen to every single show. And <laughs> it's something that, it's, will you stop laughing? It's something that I actually plan my life around. And how sad is that? But, you know, the lessons, the lessons you teach, I don't want to be laughing during this time. But okay, I hear you, the I hear you, you Jack. <laughs> the lessons you teach are just unbelievable. And you know what? It, if any show, anybody ever thought about removing a show like this, they'd be out of their mind because you have so many listeners, hundreds and thousands that don't call in. They just listen all over. So, Rick, congratulations on 25 years. Um, I'm glad that I actually called in that one day because I got to meet you. I got to meet Ed Arzuman, who is an unbelievable person. Um, and you know what? It's just been a part of my life. And it's been a plus part of my life. You know, we all have our ups and downs. And we talk about obstacles, but sports psychology, you know, adversity creates character and all of this stuff. Your show has done so much for me over the years, you can't imagine. Well, so I I applaud you for that, and I thank you for that, Jack. That those are very meaningful words to me, and um, yeah, I was kidding around there about you becoming a. I, I know uh, I kid around. We kid around all the time. I understand, but you know what? It's it's like it's you know you think about it. You know, I mean, even my sons. You know, I'm up in I'm up in uh, I'm, I'm out in Denver, Colorado, and I get up now. Out there, it's two hours earlier. I get sure. up at four o'clock in the morning. I said, what are you, out of your mind? I said, no, I, I got to listen I gotta listen to Rick. Come on, what are you, kidding me? And I'm up in Boston, the same thing. You know, I sneak out of the house so I don't wake up the kids. So I gotta it, tell it's you, just it, been an amazing run, an well, amazing I, run. Jack, you've been, obviously, as you know, and, and, and people who listen to the show on a regular basis know that you are, <clears throat> you are, you make such valuable contributions to the show, to this topic, which, uh, again, we know it's, it continues to evolve and change all the time. It's probably changing and evolving faster these days than it did 20, 25 years ago. But you're one of the good guys. You're one of the guys who really puts the kids first and has your priorities in order. And that's, that's what we want our parents to understand. Get your priorities in order. It's about your kids, not about you. It, your childhood is over. It's the kids and their lives that count. Anyhow, Jack, thank, thank you as well, always for your comments. It's greatly, greatly appreciated. Well, you're, you're more than welcome. The topic, you know, the, the topic about the parents, completely crazy. 
And until that law hopefully passes in New Jersey and all these other states start jumping on board, yep. there's, you know, you're going to have these craziness, the brawls in the, in, in the stands and, and everything like that. You know, the coach that got into the game, yeah. it was probably a joke, and the yep. joke backfired on him, so shame on him. But you know what? Let's just refer back to last week. If this law has to pass, it has to pass. And if it does, I hopefully you'll see some positive changes. You know, you said something before, and then I'll get off. You said something before about the parents should educate their kids. Well, the kids should start educating the parents. And you know what? It's something that has to be done. You've talked about it for years and years. Finally, somebody listened to you. So congratulations on that also. Rick, once again, the best show on radio. And you know what? Uh, I will be listening to, to this. Until I finally take that line drive between the eyes. So. <laughs> okay. Hopefully that's still a few years off. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> uh, of course, Jack Smithland. And, and again, uh, again, I just, uh, people are so kind. And obviously, I, I'm sitting here kind of blushing because, you know, people are so so nice in the words they're, they're directing my way from my work over the years on the show. And, and it's obviously, this is something that's enjoyable for me to do. But obviously, these are serious issues. And, I, you know, I, I've said many times on on the air, my, my basic philosophy regarding sports parenting, let me put it this way. If you are a sports fan, and obviously listen to the fan, you, you obviously are, but let's say you follow a, a team or teams as part of your, your daily existence, like you're a Yankees or Mets fan, or you follow the Giants or the Knicks or, the, or whoever, as passionate as you are about your, your team that you follow, none of that measures up to the excitement and thrill and passion of seeing your own son or daughter compete in, in youth sports. And I, I, I you know, when it's, your, when it's your flesh and blood out there on the field or on the court or on the ice, as a sports parent, you experience a kind of inner sense of pride uh, that goes far beyond just being a fan of a local pro team. I mean, it's, it's I do think that's, that's um, a major reason why so many adults who are sports parents have a, such a difficult time in controlling themselves at their kids' games because, it's, it's, again, they can't seem to distinguish between the fact, yeah, that's my kid, and I want my kid to have a perfect life and, and want to be a star athlete. We all understand that. We're all in the same boat. We all feel the same way. But we have to sort of at some point reel ourselves in as grown-ups, as an adult, to figure all this out. And that's what we're talking about here, particularly on this show this morning. All right, let's, let's get some more calls here. Again, glad to hear from you today at 877-337-6666. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Rob Freed out in Lake Success. Rob, good morning. You're next up on, on the Sports Edge. Rick, for the first time, and I can't remember last, I'm actually nervous going to be talking today. <laughs> I, I, and for me, but first of all, I echo everything Jack said. Congratulations. Uh, you are, you're a true radio pioneer on the radio with, 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 with this particular topic of uh, youth sports, and I really mean that. Some of the best conversations I've ever had is off the air with Eddie Ozuman, and Eddie is just fabulous, and I'm just saying good morning to Eddie as well. All right, next, the topics. I actually wrote some things down here because I, I wanted to hit them all. Next, the topics are the most interesting this, this station has ever offered. Being from a household of my dad, who was an official, a coach, a phys ed teacher, and an athletic director, uh, got me into physical education. That's how I started out. Um, one of the things you were talking about last week when, when you had your guest on, 
and you actually brought it up uh, back in the 80s, um, they actually, in, during the basketball games, they actually, uh, parents were not allowed to actually enter uh, games for kids. They actually had issues back then. We didn't, you mentioned that, and uh, we really don't want to go down our road. We have to figure out a way to prevent that from happening, but that's something that was done even back in the 1980s. Correct. Um, I took the, the tools that you offer, okay, and sports in general. I use the tools for my sports, edu- you know, participating and still participating in day-to-day life. Your, you, your show gives us all tools that we can use every day. Meeting you and Jack over the years. I mean, I met you at a, I think at a parent meeting, I'm going to go maybe 15 years ago in New Jersey. I, I came to meet you and I sat in on it. Uh, me and Jack have done radio shows together, and getting to meet him has been absolutely amazing. A wonderful, wonderful, knowledgeable man. Uh, the listenership on your show, Rick, is by far the most educated, and no disrespect to anybody else, and the interest, the, the topics that, and, and conversations people add are, are, are unbelievable. Um, your to- the topics you brought to today, to, to the, today's topic. One thing I was thinking about was when you talked about the injury, I mean, the, the, uh, the, the coach that went in and participated um, in, in, a, in, a, in a JV game. Yeah. That happened to me back in 1979 during a high school game. My coach, uh, in a scrimmage, I told my MCL because he let a 21-year-old friend of his who was in college play in, 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 a, in a scrimmage in between during a weekly game, getting ready for the next game. Yeah. And he told my MCL. The negligence, it, it brings a tear to me thinking about, now it worked out good for me because I came distance runner out of it. I rehabbed and I found a new sport. But the negligence involved, and you didn't really get to that, and I'd love to hear what, what Steve Cowles would have to say. My father made a career out of that. After he retired from uh, athletic directing and he went and became an expert witness in this type of situation, negligence in playgrounds and things like well, that. And I'm sure there are a lot of different type of expert witnesses out there that are doing this. It's time, Rick, and, I'm, and I mean this strongly. It's time everything you brought to the table. We need in New York State, because we live in New York State, and me and you and, 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 and the stations in New York State, so I'll talk that state first. We need a commissioner. The PSCL, my father was the commissioner of football for 15 years. Eddie Michaels, some of the old-timers who maybe know who I'm talking about, Eddie Michaels did the basketball. He's the one that closed the gyms. Unfortunately, these people are long gone. Marty Lewis was the track official. I got to meet so many wonderful sports coaches and teachers over my lifetime, and that's added to my life. Your show is a throwback. That's why I gravitated, (laughs) because you make me think of my dad. You, you, you bring such passion that doesn't exist on any other show. But it's time. We as New Yorkers, we need to contact Albany. We need to get our state senators involved. I'd love to have a state senator come on your show and bring this topic up about getting a sports commissioner to handle New York well, State. Rob, let me, let me interrupt you there because i got to take a break here. But... Um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, because you're very passionate about this as well. Uh, yes, there's, there, there's, we have to have, at this time, we have to have a commissioner or a commission of youth sports, not just in New York State, but over the country, because sport, youth sports is now, according to any estimates, anywhere from a $20 billion to $30 billion industry, which obviously is, we're talking billions and billions of dollars, Parents are the ones who are footing the bills, and, and they want some help. They want some direction. They want to know, you know, we can't 
we can't find a way to stop all these craziness that goes on, not just at the high school level, the out-of-control parents, but there are obviously concerns with kids on travel and club teams, the recruiting process, NIL, transfer portal. It is nuts. But we don't have anybody in the government overseeing this. Now, I know you're going to say, well, and, and Rob, thank you for the call, of course, and your very kind words. The fact of the matter is that... We know that every state has uh, legislatures, they have people in, in who are, have jobs, appointments to oversee sports and so on and so forth. But for the most part, I'm not sure how, uh, if, they're being, if they're effective, if they're just being overwhelmed, what's going on. Or, but we have to really sort of step up and say, we've got to stop all this. And we've got to stop and get peer, parents educated so we understand exactly where we're headed so that we can make make sports for our kids a positive and enjoyable experience and for us as well i mean it's just out of control all right look i gotta take a time out obviously i want to get some more calls uh and and we'll talk more about this issue and of course about the 25 years um but again i i I, as you can tell i get worked up about this because i do think it's important about having a commissioner of youth sports 877-337-6666 Back here on the Sports Edge on our 25th anniversary broadcast. And, uh, gee, it's just a, a treat to have Ed Arzuman working as the DJ with getting these classic tunes on. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Uh, hey, by the way, a quick uh, programming note. Um, next Sunday, of course, is Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, as has been my annual tradition for many years, I, I always bring on Don from Gamblers Anonymous to alert and to warn sports parents about uh, kids getting involved in betting on sports. Now, look, we all know that gambling on, on sporting events is very much legal in this country, but we don't hear much about the small percentage of youngsters, underage youngsters, who get caught up and find themselves unfortunately addicted. It's the, the Super Bowl Sunday show on gambling is an important show. And again, that's next Sunday. Uh, and again, we will start the next Sunday show at 7 a.m. We go from 7 to 8. You know, it's funny, talking about 25 years passing. Um, putting all this in perspective, yes, of course, 25 years ago, any any amateur athlete who was ever involved in found gambling uh, on anything at all, I mean, this was so taboo. It would just basically ruin your involvement, uh, either in uh, college, uh, high school sports, whatever, you just, gambling was just something you just, you just didn't cross that line. I mean, it was simple as that. Uh, now, of course, it's been a 180, and kids today, uh, you know, are understanding how to gamble and, and know what, what's going on with point spreads and so on and so forth. But again, um, and there is a small percentage of people in this country, and again, we'll discuss this next Sunday, uh, who unfortunately fall prey to the addictive lure of gambling. And it's, uh, as we know, it can really destroy lives. And again, a lot has to do with parents, you know, and it's tough, it's tough being a sports parent these days, but you've got to keep an eye on your kids and know what they're doing all the time, especially when it comes to, to, uh, to wagering. And again, you have to be, the kid has to be of, of, of the right age in order to do so. But again, that's, that's next Sunday's show. Um, back to today's 25th anniversary celebration. And, you know, I just want to say things have changed in sports. We know things change. Look, I mean, 25 years ago, certainly you couldn't, kids couldn't gamble on sports, but you know, things like kids in college getting paid, doing endorsement deals like NIL, that didn't exist as recently as two, three years ago. And now every kid who plays sports in college is saying, how can I cash in? 
How can I make money, real money, either with my social media presence or, or finding local deals at the colleges? It's become part of the whole recruiting process. We know all that. That's how sports change. And, of course, the transfer portal, one of the reasons why you see so many college football and basketball games, in fact, all sports, with the kids who are transferring with, because they don't have to sit out a year, now you're seeing real parity amongst you know college sports because kids are into this. They understand that I can just – get up. I'm not happy with my current situation, with my current playing time in college. I'm going to go to some other school and play there. And that's what we're seeing. And it's, again, it's not going to stop. And it changes the whole realm of sports. And if you have a kid who wants to play sports in college, you know, you're aware of all this. All right. Look, again, I, I we're in the 24th show, I, I 25th anniversary show. I can't, I'm not even going to try to thank everyone who has had an impact, uh, you know, with me uh, and on the show. That list is truly endless. But I do need to salute my wife, Trish, who for the last quarter century has patiently dealt with all these early Sunday morning wake-up calls. That is, for, for most people, Saturday night means it's time to go out, have big dinner, go to weddings, and so on. Well, a lot of those wonderful activities were shortchanged for my wife because I had to go to bed early Saturday night in order to get up early on Sunday. And Trish has endured all of those early Saturday evenings. And I, you know, it wasn't fair to do that to her, and I appreciate that, but I do thank Trish from the bottom of my heart. And for many, many years, Dove Kramer was the man running the board and routing the calls People always ask, what's the name of my show's theme song? Well, I can tell you, it's Cockamamie Business, which was written and performed by the late George Harrison of Beatles fame. And how and why did I select that song for the Sports Edge? Well, the truth is, I didn't. Dove picked it up, and it's been the theme for the Sports Edge for 25 years. It's as simple as that. Um, I got to tell you, friends, it, it's it's. Uh, I, we talked quickly before about the uh, having a... Commissioner of Youth Sports, I still think that's something to be seriously considered. Uh, I, I, I think it's something that if people really understand how important the impact youth sports has on the kids and how they grow up and how they how they should be how they'll become sports parents. I think that time has come. I don't understand why we don't have that. I mean, it's just I do worry that we're going to have situations now where college and high school sports are just going to continue to unfortunately spiral out of control. I do think this wake-up call, uh, you know, re- in recent months uh, with new laws being thought about, laws with real real weight behind them to try to get parents to control themselves, I do think that's important. I do worry at the same time that, that too many sports-obsessed parents continue to want to get their kids involved at younger and younger ages. And I do worry that, that the basic concept uh, of fun fun is somehow getting pushed off to the side. Parents are so eager to see that their kid has, you know, some athletic ability. Well, let's get you onto a program right away. Let's get you started starting earlier and earlier. Nobody ever talks about the fact, are you having fun? Is this enjoyable? Yeah, you really have talent, but is it fun for you? And again, if you aren't talking to your child about they enjoy doing this when it comes to sports, you better sort of sit back and say, maybe this is not this is not on the right pathway because if your youngster doesn't see playing sports as being enjoyable and fun, then it's going to be increasingly difficult, mom and dad, to keep them excited and enthused as they continue to move up the, the, the pyramid of competition. 
passion and love for the sport is what drives kids to get better, not the distant hope of somehow playing college. The kids don't, they don't see that far away. They don't. But what they also want to know, by the way, is they want to play. I mean, the fact is, people ask me, what's the biggest issue of all time when it comes to the sports edge? And I will tell you, in my experience of doing this show for a long time, the biggest issue, the friction that evolves between parents and coaches is my kids' playing time. And until we come to grips with that and really have parents and coaches sit down and say, let's talk about playing time, because that's the ultimate thing. If, you're, if you think your kid's going to be a star and he or she's not getting enough playing time, is not starting, is not whatever, that's where the problems begin to evolve. And I think that's the starting off point as we go on and try to figure out where we go from here. Okay. My thanks, of course, to the Zoom man, Ed Arzuman. Uh, he's terrific, as you know. And by the way, I do look forward to the future of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge because, honestly, this is a fun show to do. If there's one thing we know for sure, there's always going to be new topics and challenges in the sports parenting world, sports parenting world that we have to deal with. That's, that's an absolute given. Okay. Thank you all again. I'll see you next Sunday morning. Thank you all again. I'll see you then. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.